You're listening to The Main Course, where food is serious business. Listen along for insights, strategies, forecasts, and thought leadership from the front lines of food with your host, Barbara Castiglia. Welcome to The Main Course. I'm Barbara Castiglia of Modern Restaurant Management. Today, we're going to talk about some of the newer kitchens that have come out over the past few years that are kind of taking tradition and turning it up a notch, I guess. So with me today are Camilla Opperman and Samantha Slager, who are the founders of Nimbus. So just, you know, whoever wants to pick up the ball first, explain to me what the Nimbus concept is. Hi, Barbara. This is Camilla. And firstly, thank you so much for having us on the show. We're really excited to be speaking with you. Uh, So Nimbus at a very high level builds and operates premium commercial kitchens that we rent out to food businesses on a flexible basis. So our model, which we think really takes the best aspects of ghost kitchens, shared commissary kitchens, and restaurants has three key components. The first is we have dedicated licensed kitchen rooms that we rent to food businesses on an annual basis specifically for their delivery operations. So this part of our business is closest to what most people think of when they hear the term ghost kitchens. We're really all about driving delivery efficiencies out of these spaces. The second component of our business is we have shared licensed kitchen stations that we rent to food businesses on an hourly or a daily basis. So this model is similar to uh, shared commissaries. Our members really can come in. It's an incredibly flexible rental model, but they also have the benefit of being in those highly centralized locations um, or dedicated or being able to grow into dedicated kitchens um, that we have on that ghost kitchen side. So we have, you know, this front of house space that we feel is one of the key components in, in setting us apart from the rest of the ghost kitchens and commissaries. Um, and it's a way for us to interface between you know, our members and the broader community. So we've designed this space, uh, you know, in our first location, it has a huge dining table, bistro counter seating. Our members can sit and work at the counters and look out at the street or uh, host private dinner parties. We have a studio kitchen uh, that people can rent to uh, film a virtual cooking class or, you know, hopefully soon in-person live cooking classes uh, or just a, a dinner party creating content for their uh, delivery platform or their website, whatever it might be. Um, we feel like this is just an incredibly important part of our business and, and a way for our, not only our internal membership, but the, the community around us to really connect. So tell me where you're located and why you chose that particular spot. Yeah, our first location is in the Lower East Side. Um, we wanted that location to be accessible uh, both for, for our members, but then also as a, uh, a hub for delivery operations. So we knew we wanted to be close to consumers. We also knew that we didn't want to pay through the nose on rent. Um, so we weren't going to be on the corner of of Fifth Avenue and 57th or something like that. So we're in the Lower East, um, really excited about that location, but we are opening up two more facilities in the next um, in the next year in New York City, one in downtown Brooklyn and one on the Upper West Side. The, the ultimate goal there is to have full coverage of, you know, as we expand our footprint in New York City, have full coverage of all of, of New York City and, and be able to service all of the different boroughs. 
you know, and, and you've been open, you know, you opened during the pandemic. So how, um, you know, what ways do you see that, you know, what you're doing is, you know, helping the New York restaurant community, which has been so affected by the pandemic? Uh, well, I can, I can take that. Uh, you know, when we first opened, of course, as you know, mid January, uh, we've seen just an extraordinary amount of people who have come to us who, you know, of course have lost, some have lost their spaces during this time. Uh, they've had to scale back their operations. Or we've also seen on the reverse side, which, you know, not a lot of people talk about, is operators that have really figured out this whole delivery space and are wanting to expand into new markets and new territories that their current kitchens can't uh, reach. So we've seen a lot of, you know, we've seen the good and the bad, but we feel that excited that, you know, we've been able to provide a solution for really anyone. Um, You know, even before this pandemic started, access to licensed commercial kitchens was very difficult for people to find, you know, it's very costly to build your own, uh, signing long leases when you're a new concept that hasn't been tested is extremely difficult. And, um, you know, most people don't have the access to capital to do so. So we are excited to provide a flexible option for all sorts of food businesses, the established ones that have multiple locations or, you know, again, this food entrepreneur that has a new concept and they want to start to scale their their operations. So why did you choose the name Nimbus? Was it just for the, you know, the obvious connection to the cloud name um, or did you have other reasons? It's a great question and and definitely one we get a lot. Um, You know, as you know, there are many names for off-premise commercial kitchens. You know, a lot of people throw the terms around ghost kitchen or dark kitchens, virtual kitchens, obviously cloud kitchens as well. Um, You know, the name Nimbus is a nod to clouds and and that term cloud kitchens. But more importantly, we felt that the, the name Nimbus evoked the flexibility of our rental model and really kind of the core ethos of how we run our business. You know, we are an incredibly nimble organization. We feel that it's important to constantly iterate and improve. Um, And because we have such a flexible rental model, where as a business, you can come in, rent the space for a few hours, a few years, you can grow within our organization. um, You know, we thought Nimbus was a really appropriate name. So now what are your backgrounds and how did you, the two of you connect um, to uh, pursue this idea? Yeah, so this is Camilla. Um, My first foray into the hospitality industry was in college. I ran a late night snack shack for three years and was doing everything from menu creation to ingredient procurement to actually cooking on the line. Loved the experience. And while I went a different route after graduation, after a few years in the working world, I decided I really wanted to get back to my love of food and was looking to launch my own food concept. And as Sam alluded to earlier, finding licensed kitchen space is really, really difficult. Um, I was searching high and low for a kitchen home, didn't really feel that any of the solutions that were available to me were were appropriate. They were either very expensive or really inaccessible or were completely booked out and I there was no room for me. Um, and so decided instead of starting this food concept to instead pivot and, and solve this problem and, and start a, an off-premise kitchen. 
So that was really the the genesis of the idea. Um, I was thinking long and hard about how to market um, these kitchens and actually connect with the food businesses that would be coming into the space and was really lucky to be connected to Sam through a mutual friend who suggested I talk with her because she has such extensive sales and marketing uh, experience. And we got what was really just a get to know you coffee to bounce ideas off of one another and evolved very quickly into us being co-founders of Nimbus. Yeah. I, I mean, my background as well, very different than Camilla's, but uh, I worked in marketing, PR, branding for uh, fashion brands, and then started my own marketing consulting firm, helping businesses come to market and and uh, that didn't have their own internal marketing teams. So was really fortunate to work with a lot of amazing companies. And, you know, at the time I met Camilla, I, I was sort of thinking about, you know, my next steps and where I could best, you know, put my skills and when she told me about Nimbus, I was just blown away by the idea that half the time I was ordering on these delivery food apps, I wasn't actually uh, ordering from a standalone restaurant that I could sit in. So I felt there was a huge opportunity there to not only bring the the industry to light, but but also a huge marketing opportunity to start this this new uh, exciting brand that is Nimbus. So what kind of response have you received um, since you've opened? Yeah, it's been overwhelmingly positive. Um, I think, you know, our first kind of pinch me moment was uh, right before we opened, we peeled back all of the... uh, paper that had been covering, you know, our, our storefront is, you know, has, I think it's, you know, over 50 feet of just street floor to ceiling windows that have been sealed for over five years since the space was vacant. And we peeled the paper down and we had the neighbors knocking on our windows, asking us, you know, what was going on and how excited they were to have to actually see the space and it just opened up that entire block. Um, so that, that's that been, you know, great. And then, then in terms of our membership and, and the people who've been coming in to tour and also the ones who have joined, uh, we can't tell you enough how, how happy they feel they now have a place that they can do what they, you know, have been wanting to do for so long and haven't been able to find spaces for, um, you know, at Nimbus, we really provide them all of the support and labor and of course the actual infrastructure so they can focus on what they're doing, which is, you know, producing the food and crafting and creating their concepts. So it's been just a, really overwhelmingly positive, happy place to be a part of. It's been, you know, a lot of work, but the best kind of work. And um, we can't wait to see what the people in our space evolve into and and grow with us too. So kind of brought new life to the whole neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously not something that we really thought about. I mean, our, our goal is to connect with the community around us, uh, but we didn't really realize how much just 
physical change in the environment we made by just opening this space up. And, you know, this front of house space is a very beautiful, you know, we have real uh, art in the space. Some people actually have asked us if we're an art gallery or a cafe. And, um, you know, we're really proud of of how it is reflected and, and improved, you know, just the street that we're on. So, so who are your members? Um, you know, and, and if I was someone who's, you know, interested in this, you know, what, what, what kind of business would I, uh, you know, stage would I be at, um, to come and, and take a tour? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, this is Sam, I'm giving all the tours. I love it. It's, it's you, there is nobody that we would ever turn away from getting, coming into the space to see um, or hear more about what we're working on. Um, The nice thing about Nimbus and like Camilla said, is that we really offer a solution for anyone. Um, There is no company too small, no company too big, as long as you have all of the correct documentation uh, and licensing to stay, you know, compliant you could use our space. So uh, right now, you know, we have so many incredible, you know, well-known heritage brands like Defara Pizza and Roberta's that are, you know, have been in business for so many years and have huge cult followings. Um, And then we also have members that are just starting out their concepts and, are doing meal prep um, or on-demand meal prep deliveries, food entrepreneurs that are creating batched cocktails or puddings. Um, We have wholesaling businesses that, you know, prepackaged and wholesale. So, you know, really it runs the gamut and and, um, we can provide that solution for, for someone who wants as little as 20 hours a month in the space or um 200 and do you provide kind of support services um you know for that licensing journey or for marketing um or anything like that yeah so we are an incubator um but we do have uh you know we've been helping our members every which way we can obviously our focus is on maintaining a very pristine clean uh, and well-maintained facility. But of course, you know, just the onboarding process of becoming a member, although it's fairly simple, you know, there are, if you're a new food business, you don't have the prior knowledge of what it takes. And we um, will spend all the time it takes them to get up to speed and answer any questions they have about the licensing we also, you know, deal with all of the inspections with them, make sure everyone is very comfortable with using the space and um, and and getting them up and running. Uh, and then in terms of, you know, marketing or ingredient procurement, labor support, uh, we do help, but, you know, we have a list of preferred partners that who are expertise like they have their own expertise in specific industries and 
we provide those connections with our members. So technology was a huge lifeline during the pandemic for restaurants. So how is technology incorporated into your space? Yeah, we felt very strongly about using technology to streamline inefficient processes. So on on our member side, booking and billing is all done online through a platform called the Food Corridor, a really incredible service created specifically for shared kitchens. So if somebody wants to extend their shift in one of their kitchens, or if they want to view their bill, or they even just want to book a shift, they can easily do that via the, the Food Corridor. So we also use that platform to house all of our member documentation. So as Sam said, there are a lot of licenses, there's a lot of insurance and kind of some some of the more boring stuff that goes into operating out of our space. And that's all um, housed in this platform. And, and we use that to ensure all of our members are operating legally and nothing's expired or anything like that. Um, on the Nimbus side, all of our facility operations are managed through an operations execution platform called Jolt. So all of our opening and closing procedures, our cleaning records, our COVID contact tracing logs, they're all tracked there. Um, You know, we love those platforms because they make it really easy for us to run the facility. They also allow us to be a lot more sustainable as opposed to printing out physical forms every week and and filling those out by hand. Um, So those are just kind of examples of of two of the platforms that we currently use. and, And as as we said earlier, because we constantly iterate, we're constantly looking for other techni- technology solutions to layer into our operations and make it easier to operate out of our space. So how important is like a, a subject of sustainability while you're, you know, um, you know, putting the concept into place? You know, is is that, um, you know, something that you, you know, a mission that you really wanted to to make sure that you were as sustainable as possible? Yeah, that's something that's really important to us and, you know, something that I would say is a little bit easier said than done. We, When we first started, we had this grand vision of making sure that all of our, like we were a zero waste facility. That's very, very hard when you're just starting out. But as we're looking to build future facilities, we're doing a lot with our engineer to make sure that we're using really efficient equipment and the HVAC systems that we have are are recycling air in an efficient way. And, and you know, that's something that's very important. Obviously, we're focused on going paperless and making sure that our processes aren't requiring us to print out a, a ton of paper and fill that out by hand. Um, you know, we would like to bring in composting. There are a lot of different angles um, in this world that, that we can pursue. And we're actively going down all of those paths. And planning on, um, you know, as we look ahead, making our facilities more and more sustainable as we grow. So how did you market to potential members, um, you know, to let people know that you were open and ready for business? Um, Well, (laughs) there was not quite a a total um, exact map of, of that. I spent the past year really reaching out to pretty much any and every food business I could find. I walked the streets. I uh, did a lot of, you know, on the ground marketing and and just talking to people about what their current solutions were and, um, you know, if they were interested in either scaling for, you know, ghost kitchen operations, delivery only, or, you know, if they're caterers that need incremental space, food restaurants, things like that. So, really just 
calling, meeting with people. Um, It obviously was a little bit more difficult to meet in person with people and go into restaurants during the pandemic. But that was that was basically it. So we're we're edging out of the pandemic now. Um, So what do you kind of see as the future for ghost kitchens? Well, I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm obviously biased here, but I really believe ghost kitchens um, or, or rather ghost kitchens like Nimbus are the future. Um, you know, the reality is that traditional restaurant infrastructure is not well suited for delivery operations. People have gotten used to their food arriving quickly and, and ghost kitchens really enable food operators to have really efficient operations, get closer to the end consumer and ultimately deliver for food more quickly. And I think um, the efficiencies that ghost kitchens allow for are, are really here to say. And as we see indoor dining coming back, I think it'll be very difficult for food businesses to maintain those delivery volumes without cannibalizing the in-store dining experience. So with that, I, I do think there will be increased demand for these off-premise spaces to alleviate the pressure on traditional restaurant kitchens. Um you know, I, I also think that after a year of being stuck in our homes and only interacting with others through a screen, people are, are definitely craving human interaction. And Nimbus is really well positioned to cater to that side of hospitality. Um, our front of house spaces are designed specifically for events and in-store dining. And, you know, our spaces do give people a place to gather. So we're kind of the best of both worlds where we have, um, you know, spaces that are designed specifically for off-premise prep um, and also this front of house space that is designed specifically for human interaction and, and gathering around the dinner table. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, there's definitely uh, going to be a lot of pent up demand where people want to want to go out, but also on the other hand, people have become accustomed to, you know, having a meal delivered to their home while they're in their pajamas and they don't want to go out. Absolutely. So, um, so they're kind of, it, I guess the feeling is, is that these things are just, these trends are going to continue. Um, and we're, we're going to, you know, see that. There's um, always bad weather too. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, you know, there's been so much, um, I guess, hype and, and attention to the ghost kitchen model. Um, you know, as, uh, you know, at first, I guess, was seen as, you know, this is this is what's going to save restaurants. And this is this is everything that where we're going. And obviously, you know, a lot of people are are throwing a lot of money at different concepts. And almost everybody's creating a brand. You know, there's all these virtual brands that are popping up. Um, So what do you what are your takes on, you know, the the ability to create a brand? you know, kind of overnight without a lot of uh, resources. And what does that enable, um, you know, someone with uh, a little ingenuity um, and an idea to to accomplish? Yeah. I, I mean, I'll just start off and, and Cam jump in if you want to add more. But I would just say like the overall concept and, and all of the the noise about ghost kitchens is is something that as Nimbus, we're constantly trying to speak about because, you know, there is a difference between what we've created and built and, you know, the other, you know, what else is on the market. So, you know, we really created this hybrid that is not just a ghost kitchen where you're operating delivery only business, but we also have this commissary side, which has been around for years and years and years and, and offers 
very flexible hours. And then not to mention our front of house space. So with branding and getting your brand out there, these ghost kitchens don't offer any sort of solution for you to create content to set yourself apart on these platforms. They don't provide a space that you can, you know, actually interact with the end consumer uh, by having this retail frontage. Uh, Our storefront also has each member's branding and logo on the front. So people can walk up and see that, oh, in here, you know, we have all of these different food businesses that I could, you know, order pickup from. Uh, I think that's really, again, what, what changes, you know, our, our brand compared to the rest of the quote unquote ghost kitchen industry. So it's more you're creating the hospitality and kind of building that as opposed to, you know, some of these things that are a little hidden yeah. there, where, you know, you don't know, you know, who, you know, somebody is making your food, but it could be some other kind of restaurant you, you didn't know about, um, you know, so, and, and so you're kind of getting the best of both worlds in that you're building a new audience for someone just by, you know, having that availability and seeing and seeing right out front that their logos are there and what's and what's available there. Correct. Definitely. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> so now you talked a, a little bit about opening uh, two more locations um, and in New York City. But, um, you know, where do you see this growing? Um, do you see it some, as, as a concept that has a lot of legs that will work in other Absolutely. localities? Absolutely. So, you know, definitely as we look down the line to Q3, Q4, 2021, we will be opening in downtown Brooklyn, Upper West Side. We plan on having a presence in all five boroughs in New York City. Um, and more broadly, we do plan on having a national operating footprint of at least 50 facilities by 2025. Um, so depending on where your listeners are tuning in from, they may have a Nimbus facility near them soon. Um, you know, beyond just the physical footprint, we are also, as we kind of alluded to earlier, rolling out our operational support to our food businesses. So we've really taken the last three months of being open to observe kind of where the pain points are in our kitchen and where you plan on rolling out operational support. Um, whether that's an ingredient procurement or labor support or marketing help, um, we are going to kind of buffer up our our offerings as we simultaneously expand that faci- facility footprint. And when you're talking about these 50 locations, do you envision that it's major metropolitan areas, um, you know, and so you could have that kind of similar support system and similar geography that you have in New York City? Um, or do you do you think it'll just grow uh, kind of wherever it goes? Uh, I Kind of both. Um, you know, without showing our cards too much, um, we absolutely will be expanding into every major metropolitan area around the U.S. I do think there is an opportunity to take, uh, particularly on the commissary side, um, these kitchens into some more suburban markets. And so I think we'll be pursuing that growth strategy Um kind of, or those two different growth strategies in tandem. So one of the things that I noticed um, in, you know, researching what you're doing um, was the, the idea of collaborations. 
um, and having everything having an, a collaborative nature. Um, so why do you feel um, that collaborations are important and will be continue to be important for restaurants post pandemic? Well, I mean, I think that the hospitality industry, this is, you know, the pandemic has kind of created this realignment in the industry of like pulling back to what their like core competencies were or why they started um, to begin with. And, you know, part of working in an environment that is breeding so many different types of food and, and uh, types of businesses, that collaboration inspires, you know, new innovation. And I think we're at a time where we're all looking for, you know, the, the next thing. Um, I think just also part of food is it's coming from different cultures and, and having that collaboration and that, you know, melting pot of different ideas and different history and traditions is, is what makes food so exciting to be involved with and why, you know, everyone likes to connect over food and bonds over food. Perfect. Thank you, ladies, so much. Thank you.